Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Self-Care You Podcast, which is the intersection of self-care, advocacy, and compassion for self-caregivers. And so with this week episode, we have another guest, Mr. Reginald Howard. He is a mental health activist and has done some amazing, amazing work in this area. Now, one thing I do want to say is that with this episode, it was pre-pre-recorded. So there may be some aspects of it you may hear and it's like, "Hmm, where was this? But let me tell you, everything is still relevant. So listen, listen, listen to this episode of Self-Care You. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Reggie. No, I, for first off, I, I want to say thank you for settling the room and getting that. So many times we run from obligation to obligation. So just to say the time, like, all right, let's have a few minutes to like transition into spaces. I appreciate that. And then uh, number two, I like to thank you for offering the platform and offering the space to talk about this because I think we spoke previously about like how self-care wasn't something that I, I saw as for women or men I always saw it as like something that women participated in like they needed it and they were allowed it so I wasn't you know I never looked at it that I should be doing things to self-care for myself so I appreciate the platform and as far as myself um I just try to, I heard this new term community consultant. It, it sounds good. So I, I, I've been trying to find different ways to identify or, or, or group everything that I do together. So um, I always like to describe it as I'm a, I'm a voice of the community. I try to be that, that bridge between, you know, old enough to know better, young enough to still relate and still trying to lend myself in different spaces, organizations, and opportunities to serve my community. Um, whether that mean black community, men, black men, fathers, whatever that looks like. So I try to lend myself and communicate through different medium mediums to try to have those conversations. So by my book, the podcast, speaking engagements, different work that I do as far as what organization. So that's pretty much how you sum that up. Just trying to lend myself to any way to um, meet people and help them in any way that I can. Well, I really do appreciate, you know, you lending yourself to uplifting black kings, um, especially again for this month's topic, uh, minority mental health. And so especially black mental health. And so let's talk about that um, a little bit. And um, for the guests that we have as well, if you have any questions or anything, you know, by all means, you can always um, just, you know, ask or speak up or put it in the chat because we want this to be a very, you know, um, interactive uh, platform as well. Um, so when it comes to, you know, mental health in the Black community, like, when you hear that, like, what is the thing that comes to your mind? And then how do you, do you identify with it as well? Uh, that's a, a loaded question. And, and it's one that I'm still trying to unravel each and every day, because 
Um, the more I learn about mental health, the more I realize that I don't know about how much it's impacting the community. And I think um, when we talk, I always break it down in two different um, things. Like you have a black community language and then you have a mental health language. And um, I've, I feel blessed and honored to be able to combine both languages to serve the community. And so I, I feel like mental health has like all of the components that we all know, the depression, the suicide, the anxiety, all of those things. But there, there isn't a connection within the black community as those things relating to one another. And I think for me, uh, when I used to see commercials on like TV and it's like, are you depressed? Have you been having suicide ideation or any of those things? I never resonated with any of those. It, that was almost to me like a soccer mom thing. Like they they get those things. That wasn't somebody that a black black person, let alone a black man is going through. And so um, I think is there's stigma of course, but then I think there's an education component that we all need to like really keep, continue to get education and knowledge on. Yeah, I definitely do agree with you because like one of the reasons I even created self-care for black men is because when I, you know, I work in the mental health field myself and when I really looked out and I know some of it has to do with depends on like what spaces that I work in, but I, I worked in some very diverse spaces, you know, like I work for an insurance company, I work for a community mental health center, and especially like in, in, I worked in an emergency room as well. And so in working in a call center, behavioral health call center. So in working in all of those spaces, I consider that to be very diverse, meaning that anybody can show up. But even though anybody can show up, I didn't, I really didn't see any black men, you know, and like in some of the spaces that I've worked in, you know, sometimes like if somebody was mandated for treatment, but when it's voluntary, I just didn't see it. And so that, you know, and then also how I even started looking at mental health myself, you know, I kind of call it in a different way other than what um, society says and even what the mental health community says. And, you know, this is why I even said about self-care. It's just more about that inner peace within ourselves and like, and what that is because it looks so different for everybody, you know. And I kind of want to look at it more so of a mental wellness piece of it because sometimes you know because that stigma is just there and people do not identify with it but then when you start talking about other things then people can identify oh yeah i can remember you know like not feeling well you know when um i go into certain spaces or certain things are happening so people can identify more so with that but yeah that is just so so real and you know, I'm glad that you, you know, really did put it, you know, like in that perspective. And so in, um, in, in kind of thinking about that, like how can, um, I guess, to open the door even wider to even have the conversations, what is it that black men need to even to be able to see and hear to say, okay, well, come over here here are some discussions that may be beneficial for you. I think uh, what you said is so key um, is the representation, even probably why you created this platform, the representation of other Black men sharing their perspectives, uh, expertise, uh, experiences, so that it encourages other Black men to um, participate in these self these things and and so 
um for me like I tried to be the model that I didn't have. Like I try, people always say, well, you're doing like so many different things. And I'm telling them, I'm just trying to get what I never got and and and, and try to lend myself to those spaces. So um, especially speaking of like uplifting black kings, like, well, who's doing the uplifting? And I wish I had my, my hat, my logo. My logo is literally me pulling someone up and try to mm-hmm. uplift them. Yeah. And so um, I think to, the, your, your, to answer the question, um what always inspired me was seeing another brother doing it and so they asked uh like unfortunately why a lot of young black men want to be rappers or get into illegal activities or sports it's because they see a lot of black men there if we can show them in other spaces and show them that it's possible because i never even this was not a viable career path for me when I was going older. You couldn't tell me I wasn't even going to be an entertainer or going into somebody's sports league. But if someone would have showed me like, hey, this this career path is available to you and it helps you, you know, be vulnerable. It helps you express yourself. It helps you, you know, learn how to manage emotions and all of those different things. I think I would have been a lot further wherever I'm at now I would have been a lot further because now it's a viable career path so I think again having conversation like this and showing more brothers that hey it's okay to be this it's okay to do this or you can look at this guy as the example like and whatever you shape your life to be at least you have something to uh seek after so that way you can start on some type of path if you don't have a path then you just gonna wander but if you if someone kind of gives you a path you can find something where to go yeah yeah most definitely and you talked about you mentioned um expressing emotions and for what like in my conversations and my interaction with men and even to be honest even with myself like as i continue continue to do my own inner work I even come to realize is that, you know, there's that, um, they call it the shadow side, you know, of ourselves. So it's that part of ourselves that exists that we ourselves don't even know that it's there. And so in saying that, I definitely, you know, because I even hear men say, I want to say I even heard uh, Kevin on stage even say something to a certain extent, like when it comes to his emotions and being vulnerable, when it like in dealing with his biological father, and even with certain aspects when it comes to their marriage, you know, his marriage to his wife. Um, And so, and you and I are on the same page, it's almost like the more we talk about it, the more we can talk about it, you know, because if it doesn't get talked about, it doesn't get talked about, you know what I'm saying? Mm And so when it comes to expressing emotions, and let me say this first, let me um, preface this this first. Um, Also with um, Self-Care for Black Men, there's a Facebook group called Manhood, Fatherhood, Myhood. And on that Facebook group on the first and third Monday, uh, Malcolm Rose Jr. and I are live and it's called um, A King's Journey to Self. And so, um, and pretty much, you know, Malcolm and I are having a conversation. It's mostly Malcolm's platform, you know, to be honest. And it's just with him unraveling himself, you know, coming to conclusions regarding certain themes. And then one of the things is about the vulnerability and then an expression of emotions. And so in saying that, kind of get into emotions, it's like, how can men 
even recognize that they even have emotions. And the reason I, I'm saying it is almost like it's kind of hard to even come up even with the question because one of the things that has come up with Malcolm and I that I, I've asked Malcolm and he's beginning to see, because I even notice it within myself, is that, oh, I notice sensations in my body. Like whatever words you want to use for it, you know, like some people may use like an anxiety or whatsoever, but even with anxiety, it's not like something wrong with you. It's that your body is reacting to an experience or to a thought or to something. And, you know, in the primate brain, it's kind of like, oh, there's something out there that looks similar or I'm not sure if it's safe. And, you know, and it creates, and that's where the emotion comes in. It creates sensations in our body, whether it's a funny feeling in our stomach or tightness and things like that. And so my... I guess you could say observation has been that maybe men experience these sensations and don't realize that they're experiencing it. And that causes them, that may cause men to not, you know, express because it's almost like it's, it stops you. Something just stops you from like, oh no, I'm suppressing this. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. And I just, uh, I was just having this conversation while I was kind of late, was like having this conversation um, with a guy in the other room and we were talking about like um, everyone in the black community knows like if you see a car driving slow up the block with dark windows and what that could possibly mean and so mm -hmm. we're the, the emotions of your heart beating you start sweating and you start going through these different things we don't identify what that is as anxiety or whatever that is we just know like hey we feel something and we mm -hmm. need to do something but we haven't put like a identifier on that of what that means but we all have experienced it and so i uh i understand completely what you mean when it comes to that <laughs> because i'm still i don't even realize some of these emotions that we feel that we all know we felt but haven't put no name to it yeah yeah and i think my opinion is we don't have to put a name on it because i think this is where society you know you get into all of these different little things i to me, it is more important to identify that something is being experienced. And then literally, because it's really, it's, it's that, it's the body in the fight, flight, freeze, you know, it's the, um, the nervous system. And so um, I think it's just really important to recognize it. And, and you know, even though it may sound simple, but really to breathe through it, to resettle, to, you know, just like we did in the beginning you know, of how we took the breath and then it settled you down. I mean, that wasn't the purpose of it because I, I, um, when I do remember, <laughs> I tried to do that in the beginning, you know, of these and definitely for my IG lives, um, for self-care IG lives, I definitely do that. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, you know, that, you know, when you see the identified car, so it's the same thing, whether it's, and then sometimes it's like, we may not even, be able to identify but our subconscious did and, mm -hmm. our, and our body and then we end up reacting to mm -hmm. what our body is no that's yeah. so true and i um being in this mental health space again going back to your earlier question um you just start to realize that we we feel so many things but because we're so in survival mode that we don't even get a chance to process a lot of these different experiences and grief and loss and um, financial disability and 
just all of these different things, we don't get a chance to process it because we're so busy surviving and trying to figure out how to make it. And so there is, as much as it's like, all right, we want you to be more vulnerable um, and be be able to be more open with your emotions. Is it a safe environment to do so? Like, will I be able to open it and still survive? And I, and I struggle with that thought to this day of how you balance the two. Yeah, and I was just about to ask that too. It's like, how do we balance it? You know, um, because society, you know, society is there, society is here, and it impacts us all. And how can we not put, have ourselves, especially you men, you know, in a survival mode? And um, the only thing I can say is of all the things that I'm reading and the different people that I interact with is the more we do our inner work and the, the more we sit in silence, then that's where that kind of like that peace comes from and it allows us to settle ourselves and then we go back into the world. You, you know what I'm saying? And even if we just pause for a moment, that can kind of help um, as well. It doesn't mean that, um, I think that's probably where, you know, how we can see people like go through the most awful thing and we're like how in the world do they do it you you know what i mean and tapped um, in on something so key is like doing the inner work i think it's so much going outside externally that we never get a chance to fix the internal but it's it sounds weird as i'm about to say but i found that once i started working on the internal the external started to fix itself i wasn't doing nothing different uh consciously maybe subconsciously but i wasn't doing something consciously it was more of doing more inner work that affected the outside if that makes sense i hope that makes sense <laughs> oh yeah and that is key that is key and and that's where it's at and i'm glad that you articulated that and articulated that very clear because that is the whole premise of self-care <laughs> you know for black men is to be able to expose people to things but the main thing is is to do that inner work and this is where um, I guess you'll say like with mental health, and I know that everybody, you know, like we're always talking about therapy, but because I am in the mental health field, I do see where there are some barriers. And it's kind of like, I have even recently come to the realization because we push therapy so much that sometimes people put the help on hold until they can get the help if that makes sense you know what i'm saying like if they can't get an appointment or they have so much going on that they can't you know go to the appointment or even schedule or call anybody or they may not have the money for it. but really whether you're going to therapy or not that doesn't stop you know someone from doing the inner work because even with therapy you know yes they guide you and they allow you to see a part of yourself but they give you homework you know what I'm saying? And sometimes people don't always do the homework, but the homework is I was about to say, they're supposed to do their homework. <laughs> yeah, that's where the growth really comes from, is from the homework, mm. you know, um, because you can, you know, have the realization and see things in a different way. But really, if you're not feeling it and you hadn't quite gotten down to the root of, um, of what something had triggered, because you can have the external... Uh, event happen but a lot of times it it triggers our internal wounds you know mm -hmm. you said something that has just been sitting with me putting the help on hold like what reasons put your help on hold and i think that's something that we all gotta 
ask ourselves and sit with um sometimes is like well why ain't why aren't i taking this up or why aren't i getting the help or you know what what's putting the help on hold i like that that that's a gem <laughs> yeah yeah like i said i've um you know just in my experiencing and and talking to different people in different you know whether it's my day job or my self-care brand and i'm like okay so are we giving people the message that you're not going to get well until you get the help you know you know what i'm saying until you go to therapy and I don't want that message to be, you know, ha as wonderful as therapy is, but at the end of the day, it's what you put into it because people could go to therapy and still get nothing out of it. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's really the, the work and, you know, like people can have, you know, there's so many, you know, um, struggles and hardship and um, so much stuff is happening that people really do think. I don't have, what's the thing? I don't have time, mm -hmm. you know? And what I tell people, what we don't have time for, we make time for us if we don't. <laughs> no, and they say it's something uh, that stuck with me. They say you either going to go to the doctor willingly or by force, but you need, you're going to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's taking the time of, um, you know, taking care of yourself. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Oh, that I was one of the reasons why I created my uh, podcast too, is because I know therapy won't be for everyone, but I wanted, to, and I always say, um, this platform has not been a, um, a replacement to therapy. It's an alternative place where people share therapeutic stories. Sometimes just hearing someone's story that resonate with you is just enough. Like, you know, maybe you don't need to go to therapy or maybe it'll encourage you to go do the work. They all work. The goal is to just get to the inner healing. That's all exactly. it is. The goal is just to get to that. And whatever method, path, or route you choose, be my guest at whatever works for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Because I've seen, too, sometimes where therapy can be detrimental for people as well, you know? I mean, as wonderful it can be, but it just may not be so right, you know, for anyone. Because I can even remember during a very stressful time for myself, um, it was after a breakup and, you know, I just knew talk therapy wasn't gonna help me. I mean, mm -hmm. I knew I was just too, I was just, it was just too traumatizing for me. And, you know, and that's when I got into yoga and actually this mm -hmm. I ended up getting into the self-care thing because I, you know, had some realizations, you know, during the process. It wasn't like intentional for, for the most part, but, um, but yoga definitely was a way for me. And actually, uh, it was really the meditation piece of it mm -hmm. that really allowed me. Because again, if I'm crying for 40 days, for 40 nights, you know, it's kind of like what a therapist going to do. You know what I'm saying? Because at some mm -hmm. point, the insurance is going to say, you know, we can't That's pay enough. for this. Mm -hmm. There's no improvement. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes mm -hmm. people just aren't ready to talk. And then that's the other piece. Sometimes you just need to be able to release and, you know, emotions are held in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And that's the other message that mental health hadn't always conveyed. And we didn't always know either, you know, um, as I say, once we know better, you do better. But yeah, emotions aren't just psychological. They're, you know, their um, emotional imprints are held in our bodies. And so um, I'm with you, whatever works for you, you know, and honor that for each person, you know. 
Yeah, and I think it's um as we are, Lord, we are all on a journey to try to find wellness. And I and mind you, even with that, I had to learn the difference between mental health, mental wellness, and mental illness. And the way that I understood it was going taking it taking mental out and putting the word physical in there. And it's like, what's physical wellness? And it's like making sure I'm exercising, eating my fruits or whatever to make make sure my body is operating at an optimal but um as as optimal frequency as it can be even with yoga i started getting into that same thing with uh physical illness like your body is physically ill you need you know a doctor you need someone that specializes in it and figuring out and then physical health is just making sure you balance both it's a spectrum you balancing all of that and making sure you're um staying there getting checkups and things like that so i think it's the same thing with mental wellness you just have to make sure you're going through those processes. If you have a mental illness, please seek some treatment, uh, get the medication, all those different things. Mental health is just like embodying those things and making sure your mind is right and making sure you're getting everything. And the mental wellness is what are your wellness tools that can make sure your body is operating, your mind is operating at a, 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 the optimal potential? Um, do you got tools, resources available to you, things of that nature? And I think everyone's on a journey to find what works for them. Oh, yeah. And also, too, um, I will I add in that mental wellness piece of it, the physical piece of it, as well as the spiritual piece, because mm -hmm. it's, everything is connected, because if one is off balance, it, it it offsets all the others. And so and even financial, you know, because if, you know, if physically, you know, mentally and all that other stuff, if that's not right, you know, uh, if that's not set. Um, in alignment of who you are and in a, a well-balanced way, then financially, meaning that, you know, medically you, you're spending money or you may not be able to go to work or, you know, so it can impact a person in so many different ways. Yeah, and even, you're so right. And I, what comes to mind um, when you say that, I think of something that I've, I recently learned just reading and doing research is uh, uh, the ink. <clears throat> the eight dimensions of wellness and it was talking about all of those different things spiritual physical financial <laughs> mental like and it's like eight core things and you could and if those you don't have to be perfect in them but you just have to have some type of balance in all of them and if you need um to find out where you're lacking just look on that will and it's like all right maybe i should focus on this this week or this month or whatever the case may be and it'll help you get to that center of wellness yeah, most definitely, most definitely. And so when it comes to the, um, again, the Black community and mental health, what else, especially for men, what else can, and uh, what else can we do as a community to, um, to uplift, to assist, uh, you know, to help men who may be in need and then who may not even realize um, my main thing is I think a lot of times, sometimes some people don't even realize that they may need, you know, um, I just say some tools. I think, um, to your point, I always try to say, especially when I'm in a room with women, because I have experienced it in my relationship where you hear just be a man or man up or whatever the case may be. And it's like, do you want me to be vulnerable or do you want me to be an idea of what a man is? And um, I think being vulnerable is being a man, 
But if there's social constructs to say, hey, this is not what being a man is, that's what you hear man up or whatever the case may be. It's like, is this really a safe space at this point? And this is a space for me to get uplifted. And if not, then I'm going to go be a man and do what men do to handle their vulnerability. And so I think it's truly honoring almost what you're doing with uplifting Black Kings and other places where it's like, no, this is truly a safe space. Self-care for Black men is truly a safe space. So, um, again, I just, it, it, I only speak from experience. Like, I've experienced it in my relationship where it's like, is this comfortable enough for me to be vulnerable? And I think we have to do a better job socially at everyone. Because, mind you, it's the same thing um, with other men where it's like, uh, I remember someone it was a conversation where we got to a point where it's like well you got feelings now and it's like i've been had feelings but no one created the space for them to be valued or validated and it's just like i've been had feelings so it's like are we are we preaching are we saying walking the talk are we walking the talk like do we want a vulnerable society or do we want men to be vulnerable or do we not because it's we can't have conflicting beliefs trying to say one thing or doing another yeah and i think that you know like when you said that i think that goes back to what i was saying before it's kind of like that emotional piece of it because when it comes to the emotional piece the emotional piece of it kind of it it's like it's a sensation in our body and it causes something and then you know people don't know what to do with it you know what i'm saying it's like we may be able to see it in young kids and then we may laugh and say oh well that's them uh, but even as adults, because we've never really been taught, like, or even given the language of what that is, you know, and that people don't know how to react to that um, when it comes to, and then the other piece about uh, man up, me as a woman, what I have observed, I have observed that there are like two definitions, like one, what you had just said, is that you know oh well you're not being a man but you need a man up but then the other definition that i've seen people use man up is in taking you know responsibility and in being vulnerable so i think it just depends on the space and then you know of course of how people say it of which definition because first when i first heard in one i was like wait a minute i'm kind of confused but then when i follow you know like different people and stuff i realized oh okay so there's two definitions out there and then going back to your point of for women and and this is um kind of um i guess you could say just for my self-care brand in and of itself because you know i have conscious sharing as well and i'm working on something else but just with the basis of self-care it's that self-awareness and that self-awareness is you know uh, self-reflection introspection and self-evaluation and so meaning that like you say where women where some women are not accustomed of men being vulnerable and they may look at it as a weakness this is where we as women we need to be doing our own inner work so that we can recognize that you know vulnerability is a strength that men expressing the feelings, their emotion is a strength and it's not anything of a weakness. And so I think it's just important for every single person, you know, and teaching young kids, you know, again, that, you know, how we are involving as a person and to always be able to look at the person in the mirror 
and where if we're reacting to something you know sometimes i like to say like yeah even though somebody can be a jerk but if we are getting mad or having an attitude or taking it personally because they're being a jerk we know they're a jerk so why are we so that means it triggers something within us so, so we need to look at that piece that had been triggered you know i like to say activate <laughs> um, that have been activated because there's just parts of ourselves that either you know there could be some wounds and they may need nurturing or you know or whatever it may be but most of the time there's something within us if we have a reaction to it because if someone is being a jerk it really shouldn't bother us you know what i'm saying you know because you know one we can look at them it's like oh well, what's going on with them what happened to them you know why are they being a jerk you know because i know i didn't do anything you know of this and so but yeah there's so many um just so many different aspects you know when it comes to mental health and special mental health in the black community yeah they say a hit dog will holler so if it was supposed to if, uh, if some things that don't resonate with me and I just uh, let it go to the side. Like, you, you're not mad at me. You couldn't possibly be mad. I don't, you know what I mean? And again, like, if it's something that triggers or activates, like you said, inside of you, then it's like, oh, maybe that's some inner work that we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing that society really hadn't talked about because a lot of times, even sometimes I think some people can view, like, um, having wounds as something wrong it's like no nothing's wrong it's just that we experience because i'm discovering things about myself and i'm like really oh and i can say like i didn't think that way but i can see how the subconscious you know again that shadow part of us you know interpret could have interpreted something when i was younger and then i'm maneuvering the world in a certain way because i always say i don't think that way but i can see behaviorally where i may not enter certain spaces may not say certain things um and sometimes you know sometimes you don't need to but then sometimes you may you know what i'm saying but just meaning that i kind of call them soft and hard uh, soft and hard stops you know those little hesitations and um and you know again just for us to be able to really you know look at ourselves and you know to be able to grow and be who we're supposed to be because as for yourself you know for your life experiences that you've had you know you would have never thought that you would have been in such a space like this and then just just really just being um a mentor you know for others and you know i really appreciate all the things that you're doing you know in the community you know for mental health and for men and for black men as well yeah no i just again going back to what i said earlier try to be what i didn't have um it's <laughs> and it's directly in the relation to how many things i'm doing is you can see how many things that i didn't have and it's like as much I, as much as i try to fit in even the thing that i was running from now it was because i was trying to lend myself to something else but i want to make sure i'm here and i want to make sure i'm there my son is with me like in the other room like i still want to be present in all of these different spaces because i know how much it was missing for me like this interview is just as important as with the the next conversation or whatever because they all are impactful and they will resonate with different people in different ways so um, just, um, I'm hoping that it inspires other men to open up the, uh, up and, and go on, I know it sounds cliche, but uplifting another black king. Oh yeah, most definitely. And like I say, with this space, 
you know, um, sometimes we have people to come, sometimes we don't. And, you know, and I'm looking for different ways to promote it. And um, it'll be used, you know, in the future by being recorded. It'll be used in the future as well. But I want it to be as, you know, in my goal, my vision is for it to be, you know, these intimate conversations that men can have. And, you know, whether they're just listening, but especially when they they can start, um, really start um, interacting um, and things like that. And for uh, the person that we do have, um, I do appreciate you coming on, really do appreciate it. And um, if you wanted to, you know, add anything or uh, share anything in your own experience when it comes to mental health, you're more than welcome to do that. Oh, man, I would say that I'm, I'm relatively new to uh, to all of this. I think 2020 was an interesting um, time for a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of force internal work that, you know, that kind of, um, similar to like how when we started to call, you settle. Mm-hmm. I think 2021 was a big settler for a lot of people where you're just so used to going and going and going. And now out of your own, you no longer have control, you're forced to settle. And I think in that being forced to settle, you start to realize everything that was easy to push aside when you're busy, but now when you're not, it's just, it's just there staring at you. Um, so I think 2020 was just a massive uh, year, and that's kind of led me on this journey to be in front of you guys today. So I'm 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 more of a student, and I'm, I'm looking at this syllabus like, yo, let's go. Uh, I finally picked the major, so I, I think I'm just entirely too new to. Uh, I don't even know what I don't know. You know what I mean? But a lot of what y'all are saying makes 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 complete sense. It's, it's been my my reality. Good, be good. Yeah, and that's, you know, what we want to do is to be able to, you know, if you're able to, you know, see yourself in something, even if it's just a minute way, um, and that's, you know, that's really the purpose of it, and where you can be able to take the information and, you know, use it and say, hey, you know, I can dig a little deeper within myself, uh, because really, you know, like Reggie said, when he started doing that inner work, things from external world just change, you know, people, it's almost like if, if the doors need to be closed, they're closed. If doors need to open, they open, people will show up, people will leave. And sometimes we may need people to leave, you know, that may not be in alignment with us. And, um, you know, and I always have to say too, it doesn't, you know, like doing the inner work, it doesn't always mean, um, that, um, like something, I just say it's, it's just different for each person because a lot of times, you know, like when it comes to the word trauma, most of the time people associate that with like abuse and things like that. And it may not be because actually just with the basic definition of trauma, especially from a medical side of it, it's just like it's any injury to the body. And so when it comes to trauma, it's the injury to the nervous system, you know, because it disrupts the nervous system when it comes to stress in and of itself. And, and stress is basically, you know, it's a physical, um, emotional or psychological reaction to an experience or even to something perceived, you know, or something that we witness. Um, and so, um, yeah, but yeah, going back to what you said, 2020 was a big settle, 
uh, for a whole lot of people. And um, for some people, they're really rushed to get back. And I'm like, okay, for those who are rushing to get back, do they take the opportunity, you know, to do some inner work? You know, and of course, each person's experience was so different. But hopefully, they were able to kind of settle down where they can slow down a little bit and um, be able to, I guess you say, uh, be in more alignment of, you know, whatever their true calling is and, um, and you know, whatever that is. No, nah, I was just soaking it in because it, it is sometimes you need to get a reminder and from from God's voice to your mouth. Like, it, it, I think that inner working so for everything you were just saying I was mesmerized just now because <laughs> it's like I felt like I was getting like I'm I, you got to practice what you preach I, I, I don't do everything the way that I should be doing and sometimes you get off your path and you got to get straightened and get back to where you were called to be oh yeah and that's our human side you know we're all like that I mean even I myself I mean I know the things that I need to work on and you know, I continue to work on it. And, you know, like, even though I'm in this self-care um, arena, uh, but at the same time, I'm practicing too, you know what I'm saying? And so I was like, oh, I need to tweak this. It's like, I need a, bit, a little bit more of this, a little bit more of that. So, oh, this week I didn't do this, you know? So I'm just as human as anyone else. And that's what it's all about, though. It's just, I think by doing the inner work, at least some, it allow us to recognize things maybe just a tad bit quicker, I guess you could say, and then uh, with a little bit more, with a little bit less resistance. Maybe that's the way I can look at it and it allow us to uh, be more resilient as well. You know, um, I started telling people, you know, I've, um, I'm in a uh, personal training and so um and doing strength training and then one thing you know even when I chose it I chose it so that I can work on certain things within myself and then one thing that I've come to recognize I think I probably knew it before but I really see it especially like when the uh, weights can be kind of challenging or the session could be challenging and I'm like oh my you know personal training is really a good way to build resilience because it's those moments when you look and you're like, what is this? It's like, okay, I want to quit. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't for me. You know what I'm saying? But when you think about it, that's what life is. Um, that's what life is. And so it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. You know, this is what it's all about is making those transitions. You know what I'm saying? It's like, how do we overcome, you know, adversity you know in life and things like that and so but yeah so it, it so i kind of look at you know with all the different tools that we have whether it's yoga going to therapy meditation listening to music exercising whatever it is that these are safe and gentle ways to be resilient because seriously if you're having difficulty sitting for five minutes, then what if your life depended on something? You know what I'm saying? That makes it that much more difficult. So why are we gonna work our bodies and our mind even harder? You, you see what I'm saying? Where I guess you could say either way, your mind is, you're gonna go through something. So why do it 
go ahead and do it in a safe and gentle way. <laughs> you are so right. I'm just listening and taking it in because you're so right. You're preaching to the choir right now. Yeah, because I was like, ooh, you know, it's like, mm. So yeah, those uh, some of those sessions can be like, mm, and even like certain things will come up and I'm like, oh, how often does that come up in real life? Have I ever had an attitude with somebody thinking that, you know, they're setting limits or pushing me and I may, I may be resistant. Like I might be thinking they're mean, like oh, I ain't dealing with that person. They such, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> so we gotta look at ourselves. Yeah, so true. Now you're making me think, oh man, I've been missing the gym a lot lately too. Hey, and see again, even with that, like where we're um, needing to do something, it's that part of us is kind of like, how can we overcome that? That's the same thing when it comes to the things in life. How do we overcome? What do we tell ourselves? What do we do? How do we push ourselves? Um, and so that's why I say it's a gentle way, because even though we're thinking it's um, it's not us, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost like sometimes I say it's hard to kind of put it into words, but I have it in my mind. <laughs> but it's like, um, yeah, is this it? is hard. I don't want to do it. But if you're on a deserted island. What you going to do? You know, you're going to figure it out. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like, what do we have to do in order to get it done? Most definitely. Yeah, the guests that we had um, had to leave. And so, um, and um, he really did enjoy um, this, uh, our conversation as well. And so, um and so is there anything else you'd like to say regarding um, mental health in the black community? Um, I think we're all doing a good job of trying to eliminate and eradicate and find different ways, even with all of the platforms that you have and um, just trying to find different ways to serve. All I'll say is we all help heal. What I mean by we all help heal is we all play a part in the healing of our mm -hmm. community mentally physically financially we all help heal so just find your healing powers and, and just put them to use yeah i like that we all help heal yeah that is so true and um and it's really good when the mental health community um embrace that you know um, mental health professionals whether it's psychiatrists therapists nurse practitioners um because i want to say i think that the advocates are and life coaches are pretty good about embracing those concepts but uh because even i've come to realize in the mental health arena it's a system and so even though there, there might have been certain things that i may have known um maybe by being a black person but i even see more of the systemic ways where it can, uh, where it, uh, one, we have to acknowledge, you know, also two, uh, from the beginning, you know, when it comes to mental health, you know, it wasn't kind at all to blacks, you know, even when it comes to the, di the, the first diagnosis, you know, I didn't realize this until I was listening to something with um, Dr. George DeGruy, you know, and I was like, what? You know, like a, um, it was a white doctor who had diagnosed a, um, our um, ancestors, 
you know, who was um, going for freedom, you know, when it came for them escaping and saying something must be wrong with them and label, put a, I, I can never remember how to pronounce the word, but, you know, it was a mental, you know, they labeled it as a mental illness. It's like, wow, you know, and so from there and then, you know, after slavery, as she said, um, Dr. Joy DeGruy said, you know, there was no, you know, it's like of all of the trauma that Blacks had endured, there was no help, you know, it was just kind of like, you're free and you're on your own, you know, and then we have to, you know, look at the asylums and, you know, again, certain diagnosis when it comes to schizophrenia and ADHD and how especially black men and black boys get labeled, you know, and things like that. And so I'm with you. I really do believe uh, that we all heal and heal takes place for each person in so many different ways, um, including therapy, including all of the other arenas. Um, and that's the thing that I discovered too, you know, in the past five years that it takes all of these different um, arenas for, for a person to heal. <laughs> yeah, it's a, they always say it's a, it take a village to raise a child, but it also takes a village to heal a child. And I say it takes a village to heal, uh, to be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and especially for those of us in the Black community, because I've come to realize myself, like even though I'm an introvert, but we need the community, you, you know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of like just really finding those spaces. Um, I call it uh, have diverse, like-minded people. Because you want people to uh, be like-minded, but you also want to be diverse as well. <laughs> yeah, diversity of like services and different ways to, you know, contribute to the wholeness of society. Yeah, yeah. And so when it comes to self-care, uh, what are some of the self-care um, tools and practices that you use that you help? I mean, that helps you. <clears throat> I think one I'm comfortable with is meditation. I do a lot of meditating. In meditation, I'll just sit with myself. I do a lot of reading. Reading helps a lot. Um, one that I use when I'm feeling aggressive or anger is is always the gym, working out, doing some type of physical activity. It helps okay. out a lot. And with reading, how does that help you? I just want you to expound of it a little bit more. Well. Reading is a um information. I think information changes situations. And so the more information you give, the more information you have to an attack a, a, a situation in its totality. So I try to gather as much information as possible. So that way I know when I'm making decisions that it's the most informed decision as possible. Yeah, I like that. Information changes situation. I like that. That's a quote. <laughs> information changes situation. Yeah. And that pretty much goes into my premise of, you know, we are impacted by the images that we see and the voices that we hear. And so that's the things that we read, you know, what we watch on TV, conversations that we have. And so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that is so, so true. And then when it comes to meditation, how does that help you? Meditation helps me reflect and just gather my thoughts. So many moving things is always going on and 
meditation just helped. Even what we just did earlier, that's simply meditation for me, just sitting down and gathering myself, collecting myself and and and, and being with me. And so I love I love to take it. I got the Apple Watch and it comes, the little thing comes on and say, take a second to breathe. Mm-hmm. I try to use those as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you already talked about how exercise kind of helps you, like you feel a little aggressive, um, help you with that. And I definitely say movement, you know, helps. Again, it's, as I said before, when it comes to emotions, emotions are held in the body. And so a lot of times we need to let it go. And so exercise is definitely a good way of uh, releasing. And um, there's another word I want to use, but um, but pretty much getting rid of that energy <laughs> of not um, suppressing it, not suppressing it at all. And um, is there anything else that you can think of that may be able to help uh, men? Reading, meditation, oh, journaling. I do a lot of journaling. I forget to do it. I go through spurts of journaling where I'll be journaling heavy and then I stop, but I always know it's missing when it's when I don't use it. So I journal and that helps me pour out all the thoughts that I may I reflected on, but I need to expound on and actually like see it and clarify it. And it ain't nothing like reading a book on yourself that you wrote. And so I I love like reading my journals back at the end of the year, trying to like understand and unpack those emotions or how they got me where I'm at today. Now you're dropping all these uh, quotes, all these um, gems, like reading about something about yourself that you wrote. I like that too. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and see, these are the things, these are the tools I think that men don't realize that just really at their fingertips that they already can do, you know, in the sitting in silence, in the movement and exercising, you know, um, in the reading and in journaling, you know, and all of these things. And like you said, as you do your inner work, it's going to help from the outside world. It's, it's almost like with the pandemic, you know, we have no control over you know, the pandemic in and of itself, but how we react and, you know, what well, shall I say, how we respond, you know, to it so that we can make some good, clear decisions of, you know, how we move forward in every aspect, you know, of our lives. I think it's so true. I'm, again, you get me mesmerized sometimes and I got to like, just take it in. I feel like I'm I'm being, being like, hey, you better take this information in. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, um, not unless you have um, anything else, um, we can um, pretty much end here. And then you gave a really good um, insight of just self-care as well, just different tools that men can use. And I would definitely encourage men, you know, is to, you know, take the time to really sit in silence, to meditate, you know, take the time to write, you know, about yourself, you know, take the time to read. Uh, which you can change your situation and change how you look at things. And definitely, you know, when it comes to exercising, you know, that, you know, really helps, you know, move energy, you know, and that's what it's all about. It's then, you know, the movement of energy and settling, you know, ourselves down so that we can do the things that you want to do and, you know, for ourselves, you know, our family and our, you know, community as well. I listen, I thank you for the platform and the opportunity because again, there's so many hectic things going on and it's Saturday. I got my son with me and then he is like, 
just having that space to just be like <sighs> that I'm thankful if I all I took was from that from this conversation that was enough and I'm 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 grateful for the opportunity to be on your platform. No, oh, you're so welcome. So welcome. Yeah. And continue to, you know, one, tell, continue to tell people about this platform, you know, one, to participate and to also to be a guest as well, you know, because I have the IG live, you know, on the second and the fourth um, Monday. And it's, um, you could say the format can be, you know, similar to this. Uh, my goal is for this uh, platform is to become more intimate. So as we get more and more participants and then it can become because again men you guys can decide you know like um not decide but can um, make the space how you want it you know um it's um adjustable but the main goal is is to be able to have you know really open conversations and just like um the other uh, participant you know they were able to get something out of it. And, you know, this is what it's for. You're doing an awesome job. God's work. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, this, uh, this is motivation for me, you know, to continue to do what I'm doing because, you know, if anything and I am learning and have learned is you never know who it touches. You never know who's watching. And so even though sometimes people may may not always um, say anything or even show up, but at the same time, when they do, is that they really do appreciate it and it, you know, and it touches them. It touched me. <laughs> <laughs> well, put it like this, it's very mutual. It's definitely yeah. mutual. Since you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe to Self Care You podcast on Anchor or Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube at Sharon D. Brown Self Care Authority. For updates on self care workshops, training, and conferences, visit us at www.ourfirmholisticnetwork.net, and that's holistic with the W. Follow Sharon on Instagram at I am Sharon D. Brown. Thank you, and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay informed, advocate, and be a compassionate self-care.